what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Man Chats. My name is John Kroom, and if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button or leave us a review. But on this episode, we chat with Noah Middlestead and Clara Brown. Clara Brown's a world champion. Noah is an Olympic hopeful, and they jump on the podcast to chat about what it's like being a para-athlete and what it's like being an Olympic hopeful during these crazy times during COVID. Along with that, we even get to chat with Noah a little bit about coaching and how to handle these times as an athlete and as a coach. Um, So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I literally just told Clara I was going to do an intro, and she just completely destroyed it. It's okay. It's no big deal. But I'm here with Clara Brown and Noah Middlestead. Clara is a world champion. Noah is – yeah, Noah is Noah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, honestly, I'm here. I'm in the shadow. <laughs> no, in all reality, we're going to get to know these two athletes. They're both para-athletes, but in my eyes – just athletes i don't understand why we have to put the pair in front of it so just straight athletes so let's get started with clara clara where like where do you even come from how do you find a bike why do you get started and how do you end up next to this mulleted collarbone broken man yeah that's ooh, that's gonna be a, yeah, that's a description 40 minute long no um so i grew up in a town outside of portland maine and I was always an athlete, loved skis, and I was a gymnast, kind of that was what I ultimately was most interested in, and then one day at practice, kind of had a fluke accident, and fell on my head, and broke two vertebrae, and paralyzed myself, so um, that was neck down, and yeah, it was this kind of long road to recovery, several months of relearning how to walk, and do all the basic life tasks um, and was very fortunate with the outcome. I'm now walking and have some paralysis throughout my right side, but overall I'm pretty high functioning for a spinal cord injury. And just through that rehab process, I was looking for ways to stay active. And in college, I met a friend who suggested buying a road bike and I was just kind of intrigued. And he was pretty passionate about bikes and was just like, we can get a setup working for you promise like you're you're not too impaired to ride a bike and I just yeah. was intimidated by it but anyway so I bought a bike probably end of my freshman year of college and was just kind of riding for fun and then I fell in love with it I was riding all around Tacoma I went to school in Washington state and then I got hired by a bike touring company after college and there just coincidentally met a guy who I was taking on a vacation from Charleston to Savannah. So just on the East coast and he's on the Paralympic advisory committee. So yeah, he was like, Whoa, you have some funk going on. You're a para athlete for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you look different. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can make this work out. Yeah. I gave him a little bit of backstory and my bike setup because I have, some some modifications on my bike and he was pretty interested and then he's like well you'd be perfect for para like let me connect you and then I just didn't really think much of that and then three days later I had an invite to go to Colorado Springs for a talent ID camp and it just took off like it was a really quick kind of change of events yeah yeah you're now a world champion that's uh (laughs) yeah like you literally could say you went from 
doing bike tours to being the best in the world, the best in the world in cycling. That's kind of cool. One could say that. I don't think yeah. I've ever said that, but. but someone yeah, just... yeah, yeah. You probably never thought about it that way, but that's, that's a thing. You are that. So Noah, yeah. like where, where do you find yourself into the sport? Like you, you seem to have some like comic relief behind it by calling yourself the GIMP cyclist. You post. <laughs> Uh, apparently, so that the COS track is offended by that. Really? Yeah, I don't know who. I've just like heard oh, it down man. the grapevine. Someone's like mad that I have that as my like Instagram at, and I'm like, you're not the one who's gimpy, man. Yeah, like, I can I, I can say that. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the comic relief. I don't know. It's uh, it's why not laugh at it? Like, yeah. Like, like, there's no reason to be uncomfortable. Like, it's yeah, I walk kind of funny, but like I. I the bike's always been a like a levels the playing field. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and so it's it's just become like I gravitated towards it when I was really really young. Like I think I was twelve or thirteen, and uh, I wanted to get a road bike, and my dad told me I'd never ride it. Uh, yeah. And so he like pushed me into like a flat bar hybrid, which I just rode to school every day until I like convinced my cousin to give me his like fifty nine centimeter. Uh, like Raleigh Grand Sport, which it, like if anyone who knows me, I'm tiny, like I'm 5'8". Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you guys in on a little secret that I wish I knew about sooner, and that is chamois butter. With the current pandemic and everybody jumping on bikes, you're probably wondering to yourself, am I supposed to feel uncomfortable down there? And then you decide to confide in somebody that you trust and that maybe even got you into cycling and they just say, oh, you'll get used to it. Well, in reality, it's actually an easy fix and you don't have to get used to pain and that is by using chamois butter. This product is something, again, that I wish I knew about sooner, and when I found out about it, it made my rides that much more enjoyable, along with allowing me to ride longer. So don't ride in discomfort and check out chamois butter today. Now let's get back to the episode. So 59 centimeter is the last thing I heard. Everybody knows. Oh. Yeah, like yeah, you got knows. cut out like that. I'm just, oh, oh. Shit. Yeah, anyone who knows me, I'm just a tiny dude. Like, I'm 5'8 on good days. Working for a bike shop. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, every year I got more and more obsessed with the sport. Uh, And, yeah, I think it was just, like, I'm a competitive person, and I really want, always loved athletic uh, um, competition. And, yeah, yeah, cycling just – it was fun. I could get out of the house. Like during the time my parents were going through kind of a shitty divorce and as a kid, like I didn't want to be around that. For so, sure. Yeah, I just like I could get home from school and go ride my bike until night and go to bed. Like it was pretty sweet. Uh, sure. And it just like it, it was a huge sense of community for me. Uh like I think our if I go onto any any social media, like my group of friends are all in cycling, right? Like it's just the you just get to know so many people from across the country and it's really cool across the world yeah it's pretty crazy like how big this community is but yet how small it is all at one time um, yeah, everybody, knows everyone. everybody knows everyone and it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild how that all kind of plays out so Noah, i know you like i first met you when you moved here in colorado springs or when i moved here to colorado springs you were training with the national team and i know you've had your ups and downs with the national team whether that's like you know i mean we've all had them in the sense of like do i want to keep riding 
Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? But you're not only an athlete, you're a pretty darn good mechanic. I know Tristan Manderfell was pretty bummed that you moved. Because there's a handful right. of people who are pretty yeah they're pretty well, bummed that you moved in. triathletes who are also yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah, gone personality just for the mechanic work yeah you were that kid at the olympic training center that was like selling candy bars like to, to but 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 you were that mechanic like let you were the guy that was, like yeah, dude, you can get a derailleur adjusted like let me hook you up give me a bag of coffee i'll i'll uh, I'll, I'll hook you up yeah yeah for sure and so like t- talk through us a little bit about like how you found not only your love for being a mechanic, but you're a coach as well. So let's, let's chat about that a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I started working at uh, like a local bike shop when I was 14, 15. Um, and the owner's wife was actually my teacher in high school. Yeah. So I would have class with her and then go work for her husband. Uh, love and yeah, I oh, just got man. your last name was Doom too. It the one like, time you passed class, it's like <laughs> oh, I know I dropped her class and made her cry. Oh and man, to work for Ben afterwards. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it's the I always liked using my hands, and you know, if, if I get into something, like I obsess, right? Yeah. And so I always wanted to make sure. Like I could learn everything equipment wise, like, and also having to like kind of pay my way, like learn, okay, what's the best bang for your buck? Where, where does your money get you the furthest as far as equipment goes? And so that really helped me with customers. You know, you, you'd get a triathlete who comes in trying to spend three K on zip wheels and like, Hey, they're not actually going to be the nicest unless zip wants to sponsor us. Then they are. Um, <laughs> but no, they're, oh no, no, uh, no, they, uh, uh, it's funny. Um, <laughs> no, so I just feel like, Hey, like actually, you know, if you spend your money here, here and here, like this is the difference it's going to make. And then from there, you know, I've worked with a handful of coaches and I've learned a lot from every single one. Right. Yeah. Like you t- take the good with the bad and you, as someone who also just likes to teach, and that's kind of what coaching is, right? Like yeah. you would know that like it's teaching and you learn a lot. Like the, you learn what to apply from people you've learned from that you responded well to, but you also learn like, Oh wait, I didn't like the way this coach handled these situations. Maybe I want to do it different because I think more people respond better. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I always fall back on being a very personal coach. Like yeah. I want to be able to be someone who I can, I don't know, it's like, I want to trust someone who I'm listening to for coaching advice and so i want my athletes to you know trust me as just a person not just someone writing a program for also sure. a literature nerd like you're yeah. always reading. yeah and, like she can as someone who spends quite a bit of time with me she's i'm always just reading like uh whatever articles i can get on what makes us go fast mm-hmm. you know from just the physiology like i want to know like what are the mechanisms in the body that we're trying to uh, upregulate to like make us just fast bike racers for sure no yeah yeah for sure and that's and, yeah. and and that's like a cool cool kind of segue into the sense of like the olympics so mm-hmm. i kind of understand with you clara like you're 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 going to 2020 like are you you have the hopes of going to 2020 i don't know if they've made selection i know how that works 
right? Uh, it's unofficial. Like Unoff I, I have, I have earned the spot, but the team won't be announced until next June. Okay. So, and then really, yeah. for you, Noah, like, are you still chasing that dream? Or are you kind of like, I don't know yet. So we, we have two different selections. Okay. There's crack selection, which I'm just SOL at. I'm like, yeah. I'm putting lipstick on a pig on the track. Yeah. You know? Um, Wait, is that an analogy? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard that one either. That's oh. a Minnesota analogy, I'm sure of it. Um, it means I'm not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool. I got that one now. I was just thinking bacon. That's the only thing yeah. I was thinking about. So. Uh, I had bacon pizza on a ride today. It was delicious. Sidebar. <laughs> Sidebar. Sidebar. Uh, anyway, uh, but, so we have a whole separate road qualification. Yeah which I feel very confident about. Okay. Cool. Uh, in the past like year and a half, like I've made leaps and bounds in my own training. Uh, it has just been cool, like seeing and feeling the progression. And I'm like very, very confident uh, going into this uh, 2021, 2020, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So for you, Clara, like, you're coming off a world championship on the track. And I don't know how many times I'm going to say that because it's just like straight up clickbait. But no, it's, it's clickbait. clickbait. It's, it's straight cool. up clickbait. It's, and it's pretty freaking cool. Like I got another world champion on the podcast. Um, but like what kind of pressure is that giving you going into 2021? Especially like it's like I love your attitude because there's a few athletes that I know that like are amazing. And like, whenever we talk about this, they're like, well, it's not for sure until it's for sure. And that's what makes them great athletes, in my opinion. So how are you handling kind of the pressure right now of the coronavirus, especially with like, wondering, like, what are your opponents doing? What are like, what's going on? So like, yeah, how are you handling some of that? Um, my approach has been to just get as strong as possible. Like I've just been pushing myself really hard and just knowing that I'm sure my competition is doing the same and you know you can only control control your own training at this point and and one of the things I'm most disappointed about as far as this year was just lacking experience like I haven't been racing my bike that long so it would have been nice to have a few more opportunities going into the games and it sounds like we'll have some world cups next spring so hopefully the team will select me to go race on the road there um but this course how do you guys handle that though? Like, I just like it just hit me. Like, there's not a lot of para racing. No, I mean we have three World Cups and a World Championships on the road, and then we have one World Championships on the track. That's it. Like, it's so it's insane. Far between, and so that's also motivating me to like. I want to get really good able-bodied. Like, I want to be racing able-bodied and para, and like get as much experience on my bike as possible possible and at this point I've had such a great summer riding with Noah and you know taking his lines and learning how to like stay on his wheel and yeah he drops me but I'm getting yeah. better um and yeah I've seen a huge improvement just having a full summer to train because I really like last summer I just traveled quite a bit because we had Pan Ams thrown in and all of our races were just back to back to back so felt like my racing kind of got in the way of training <laughs> like ironically but no yeah like if anybody understands that like I would be the one to be like yes. yeah so it was just frustrating because I felt like I was showing up to the start line not at my best you know like yeah 
um, coming off this fatigue of whatever trip that was a week ago and now expected to be at my best for this race. And I just felt like I didn't even know what my best was, but it wasn't that, you know? So now it's fun this summer to just be like kind of crushing training, which is like what I love. I love to suffer and see what my body can do. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and that's another thing that I, I forgot to even mention on the podcast, which I don't know if it's still happening, but no, you're, you're still coaching Clara, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, that is super cool. Um, Cause I remember when you came home, I was like, holy crap. Like not only are you a successful cyclist, but like, and let's be real. Like nine times out of dude, it's the athlete, man. The athlete oh, puts in the work. Yeah. It's just the coach yeah. going, yes, do this. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do that. But, it's like it's raining back, right? Yeah. Uh, you actually sent me like the nicest text after she won Worlds, just like congratulating me as a coach. Like it was the coolest thing ever. Like I, no one's done that, dude. Like, it, it's yeah, a lot. that's uh, like. I mean, well, he got there for sure. But I think that comes from like I think that comes from a coaching aspect, like me being a coach. It's like mm-hmm. being a part of somebody's journey because, like, when she fails, you fail. When she succeeds, you succeed. Like you're a part of that, right? Like that's a that's a coach athlete relationship, which that honestly could be a whole nother podcast in the sense of like that would be super interesting. Yeah, and just like in the sense of like the investment, right? Like especially at that level, there's a lot of coaching investment and a lot of behind the scenes investment, even from the mechanics all the way down to the Swan years. Just everybody. (laughs) Yeah everybody comes into play so my boyfriend i guess on the side but yeah and then the boyfriend on top of that i know it's a whole lot yeah we're working on it yeah Yeah, i don't see how you guys can do that i would like i was like i tried to coach my wife for a week and it just is you know it's it's she listens very well right like she doesn't let me just put stuff in there. She's like, no, why the hell are you making me do this workout? Yeah. I like, explain. And then she like, once I start getting really like techie, she just kind of like, okay, like I, yeah, whatever. You have a reason for doing this. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, but what I think makes it really cool is just like, well, first of all, before I started coaching her, she would just like always asked me why her coaches having her do certain workouts. And so I just like kept evolving until like, she's like, okay, no, you just like, you write my program now. And I, yeah, and I'm still in touch with my, my former coach, like still oversees training mm-hmm. and we chat, you know, casually, but yeah, no, it's he's really a super nice. Cool dude. It's really nice to have Noah, like who sees me every day to write the program actually. And, well, I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about like athletes at that level is mm-hmm. there's so like, it's not just one coach or just one. There's so, individual. Many yeah. there's so many people. Like I think I have like six people in my training peaks right now and I'm not even going to the Olympics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Yeah, I got Sarah Hammer on my training peaks. Clickbait. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sarah. Yeah, I saw her dad today. Actually, long story. Oh, Dude, there's a lot of sidebars in this one tonight. Um, yeah. but, the people are just not gonna know what's going on. But they're yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. So, so, anyways, my original question for you is yeah. like, how are you? How are you kind of handling things as a coach, especially with you know the coronavirus? And I mean, Clara made a great point. Like, and it's something as I as a coach and I as an athlete really believe in is now's the time. Like there's so many people, like I don't understand how people train for an event, like, and they just go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll train for an event 
being that there's no events on the calendar, I just won't train. Well, like eventually there's going to yeah, be events if, yeah, you if can there's not. Better. Yeah. And if, right? but then if there's not an event, then at least you're fit. Oh uh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like rather just be fit than not be fit. Like, yeah. Yeah. I will uh, say yeah. like we're in, we're in Maine right now. And yeah. I, the last time I rode here was last summer after just after world championships so potentially like the fittest i should have been in you know last fall and coming back and doing these same rides i'm like whoa we have gotten or i've gotten quite a bit stronger but yeah, to noah, yeah. noah as well like we're having the same moment of like whoa this we're moving quite a bit faster and like feeling a lot yeah oh, yeah it's cool. as a coach and to answer that question that's that has been hard and I'm sure you've experienced it as well. Like I'm very intrinsically motivated as an athlete. Yeah. Like I don't need stuff on my calendar to want to get better. Right. Yeah. Like I just want to see how good I can get. Um, and I've always like kind of like racing is what motivates us, but racing gets in the way of getting better to a point. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're traveling all the time and you're just always just dogged down, like, it's hard to just have really good steady progression. Um, and like now is the time to do that if you can afford to, uh, which if like nothing's going on, like why can't we? Um, yeah. And so for me, it's been like the athletes who are motivated by racing, keeping them like, Hey, like let's make goals. Let's be always progressing towards like, okay, you know, uh, I'm stealing this line from someplace that I've heard, but like, it's all it's worked for a higher FTP because the higher FTP makes everything easier. Like yeah. if we can go into next year, you know, 10% better than we were last year, that's going to be huge. Right. Even it's if there's true, a yeah. on the calendar now. And so the athletes that I have that are also intrinsically motivated, it's been super easy. Right. Like you just steady progression. It's like, keep enjoying, right. Like put the emphasis on enjoying what we're doing, not necessarily like, okay, you have to just be crushing these super hard efforts and we're just going to be like beating you down. It's no, let's take a step back. Like if we can just slowly get better, you're going to be so much better off in the long run than trying to just like, I don't know, be in race shape for a race that's never going to happen this year. Yeah. And I, I think that's been a good thing too, to like think about in the sense of gaining the extra 10%. Like, I don't think like everybody... I like kind of almost think of it as one big winter mm -hmm. and then keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. Like, like totally. you don't have to overcomplicate something that doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Totally. And I think a lot of coaches are going to kick themselves because they're going to run into the fact of like, well, I want to keep them around. So I want to make sure that I'm giving them these workouts that seem really complicated. That's the reason why they still have me. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like, you know what my program looks like right now? It's three hours every day. Yeah. And then when I hit a wall, and if I can get five in, that's great. But if I hit a wall, I take a rest day. Yeah. And so I've ridden 90 hours in the month of August. And it's like. Uh, it's, I saw your story. I was like, wow. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, and that's the new coach. Rob Stanley is the man. I mean, it, it's just like, because we have a bigger picture in mind. Like our big picture is essentially, hey let's let's go to the olympics and let's you know and you know this as being a coach you know mesocycles micro cycles 
and macro cycles. And so we're looking at it from a macro point of view in the sense of for one year, dude, let's build capacity. Let's mm -hmm. see how lean you can get. Let's see how fit you can get mm -hmm. just by riding. Like obviously you have the power. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested and intrigued for you two. Mm -hmm. What's that macro side look for you guys, even though, or is there a macro side because you guys obviously have something bigger on your plates. Mine's 2024. Right. Yours is 2021. So what is, what does that kind of training look like for you guys going into 2021 for both of you? And uh, either mm -hmm. one can start. It's just, I, I'm curious. Or do I answer for both of us? I I write say, the I mean... Well, you can answer for both, but I kind of, I actually want to, I kind of want to hear her point of view in the sense yeah. of like, yeah, like, what do you feel like you're doing and how do you I feel like say, it's progressing? Okay, what, what has been really nice about this relationship has been he wants to hear my goals. And so I'm a very goal oriented person, especially with track where it's like, I want to hit this time and going into the games, like this is my goal. This is exactly what I would like to ride there. And hopefully that gets me on the podium, but like I only, can control what I can do, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so at this point, like I am hoping to focus on the pursuit uh, at the games. Um, and so we'll just kind of hone in once we get closer. I mean, at this point, higher FTP is making everything easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, you can take it from here. I, I will just say like, I've given him goals and especially like I can look back on, my season last like my last road season and just say like you know i would like to be x amount higher for my time trial world championships on the road like i would really appreciate something yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i i think if you look at my camp and clara's camp we're in two different spots like i've been doing this for over 10 years now and so like e each year's you know more years of miles uh where for her she's being more green to the sport you know and, and as you know like there's something that like happens to athletes who are chronically trained like we just become diesel engines right yeah like you just going out for three hours every day like yeah you're gonna be probably smashed after a while because it's the same kind of intensity factor but the the like the adaptation that's happening there isn't necessarily one that she's experienced where like she just doesn't have a ton of miles behind her right well, like, he is an athlete and that should be known like i've never done that like that, that much miles no like i've i've done that many miles but like mm -hmm. i haven't done it that consistent like i've never done like a specific like you're like if you open up a guide to coaching book it's like yeah all right you do a volume block you do yeah. a tempo block you do a threshold block you do a power interval block or yeah. you two block or whatever i've never done that in the sense that like I've always had a race or I always had this to go to. So I would do like a, a volume three weeks here um, yeah. with some intervals still. And then mm -hmm. I would do a ton of power intervals and a ton of track stuff, but like mainly it was sprinty and track. Like I've never done mm -hmm. just ride for three months. Yeah. As like much as you can. Yeah. Like you're not looking for that. Like I, uh, like, cause that's what you get with like certain athletes. Like you have, they're hiring you to make them really fast right now. Yeah not make them fast in a year yeah right and so that's what's been interesting like with this covid deal is 
we have that opportunity to just be like, we need to make you as aerobic of a machine as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think if you look at like Nordic skiers, like the way oh. they do their training, it's just like a ton of volume, right? Like, uh, or Norwegian Nordic skiers, it's a ton yeah. of volume. And then they spend little, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like above kind of their, um, uh, like at the highest intensity they can. And so they're just becoming like absolute machines, right? Yeah, well, even Belgium and yeah. Australia is known for this. I think the UK is known pretty well for this as well, is mm -hmm. they're very, very volume oriented. So the mm -hmm. more volume you can hold, the higher intensity blocks and mm -hmm. volume, like, I don't know how to word it to where like our listeners would understand, but you do a big volume block, Therefore, instead of doing three by threes two times, you can do it four times. Right. Theory. Yeah, like you, you're training a lot at VT1 is going to make you more resilient when you go hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if you can do that, like that's what's going to make the difference. Not necessarily like, oh, let's spend a bunch of time at sweet spot. Like, you know, like if you don't have any time, like oh, that's probably the best bang for your buck. But that's what's kind of good about now like we have a ton of time and we can make ourselves give ourselves the foundation to be fast in the year yeah so, no and, and, and I've kind of done the same for myself and, and that's super cool like that's kind of super cool and interesting to kind of hear so like Claire I'm going to ask you the hardest question you'll probably be ever asked oh, it might be the first time you'd be asked yeah. this question on the podcast on a podcast and on my podcast okay I'm ready what's your it. what's your goal at the olympics Ooh. In 2021, or obviously, which oh, which one? What? She's coming in That's with that fire. Goal. She's like, oh, well, which one? You know. Um. I, yeah. What's your yeah. goal? Let's hear it. Okay, I'm trying to set a world record on the pursuit of the game. That's that's so awesome. I'm glad that you said that because you like you seem like such a humble person. Just in the, I'm just gonna spit it true. The littlest <laughs> amount of time. I was waiting for you to be like, well. You know, we'll just see what happens if I get selected. No, I mean, I'm trying to smash the world record on the pursuit. That's awesome. Uh, and then I would like to win the road race. It's hard. Yeah, I don't want to get too into it, but those are kind of the two events I'm prioritizing. They're they're outright for my field, so they're mm -hmm. the most controlled. With yeah, Paris, would have a little bit of factor going on. Yeah, yeah there's, there's this. Uh, I can, you want to explain it? Yeah, sure. So um, to have, you know, we're only allotted a certain number of medals. And since para has different categories for different impairments, they've actually combined some categories and added a factor. Um, for example, my 500 meter time trial on the track uh, is combined C1 through 3. So that's the most impaired up to category 3. So I'm with C3. Um, my time will be a hundred percent. The C2s will be what, like 92% of that. And then the C1s would be like 85. And Wait, so it's really hard. What? Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard for, for me to like have a goal to win a factored race where like, I just can't control what the factor is. So I'm going to try to explain what I think I and just my heard. My road time trial is also in that same camp. So like I can... I could win the C3s outright and like potentially, you know, have been Paralympic champion, but I'm factored in with two other fields. So it's just, so it's a, almost like a, it's almost like a wheel race in the sense of like, if you're, if you're C1, 
and you're maybe two seconds down or a second and a half, like you just won. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, there are some C2s who beat me outright. Um, and so then when you add the factor, I'm just, and that's all political, like the classification we don't need to go super into, but, um, that sounds like another podcast too. This is just gold. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that would be interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, I, long story short, my goals are focused on the outright events. So I would like to win the road race or at least podium. And then, uh, definitely would like to win the pursuit. Sweet. Yeah. So, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So like, I mean, you know, and not to get back into COVID and motivation, because it all seems to be pretty well, but like, how did you take the postponement? Like, how did you two take when you guys heard that the Olympics are being postponed? Like, how, how was it? Yeah, we got another year to train. Yeah. Like, we're about to get strong and like, use this time to just absolutely smash the training well i so i mean like there were definitely some other things thrown in but like our overarching thing was like wow this is such a gift for like yeah because when did you guys move we moved in april i yeah that was and but but like (laughs) i mean like around march is when you guys were thinking about it like you were going to do it whether the olympics were happening or not happening so like the added stress that would have applied well, we were going to move in September, like after the, oh, after the, yeah, yeah. the whole plan definitely changed quite a bit, but, yeah. um, we made some different, different calls after the postponement was official. Yeah. And with, with that, like the, when everything was kind of going down at the training center where they're kicking out all the camps and, uh, like facilities like closed, facilities closing, uh, there was all like the big conference calls with all the different athletes and NGBs and X, Y, and Z. And they were kind of talking about the possibility of that. I think our biggest concern was like, this is a global health crisis. Like who cares about the games? Right. Like they can happen in the future. Like it's something that does bring the world together, which we'll need post COVID world. Um, But like, it's okay. Like we can wait another year. Yeah. And just like having some certainty, like once the call was made, it was really, like just nice to be able to not plan I guess but plan to have a year and just Mm -hmm. and that's what you make of it so no I think I I definitely like it felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders in July Mm -hmm. when we found out that nationals was canceled it's just like Jesus like finally I can just like figure something else out because you're like should I train? Should, what should I be doing? Like, should I be doing this endurance block? Should I be doing this VO2 block? Like, come on guys. And so right. to actually finally just get it and to, like take a step back and just, it, yeah, it was super nice. So, Hey guys, sorry about the brief interruption, but just wanted to give a huge shout out to this week's sponsor of the podcast. And that is beetroot pro. I've been using beetroot pro for quite some time now. And honestly, it's the best beetroot powder that I've ever used. It shakes up super well. It doesn't leave a clumpy mess and it doesn't taste like dirt. If you've ever been interested in trying beetroot powder, this is the product to try. And you can get 15% off now by using code BANCHATS at beetrootpro.com. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. So because I don't want to keep you guys all night, I'm going to ask you one last question. And Clara, you first. Oh. In the sense, you've already made the comment of you want to do more Olympics. 
how many Olympic games do you want to compete in? And being that you stumbled into this sport at kind of like, it sounds pretty weird, like in the sense of like, you just kind of tripped into it and then you fell into a world championship jersey. What's your advice? What's your advice to somebody who might be like you, who is very active, very competitive, and maybe had an accident and doesn't really know what to do? Like, seriously, like, I mean, yeah, there's those people out there because I feel like. I feel like in the para world, there's so many people that go, man, I wish I knew about this sooner. Yeah, that was huge for me. Okay, so um, first uh, first question you asked was how many Paralympics. I'm thinking at least through 2028, which is in LA. Um, that's awesome. That has been announced. Um, at that point, I'll be, but that's... 32. Yeah, I'll be 32. I think I still will have some miles left in me. I don't know. Um, yeah. So would be not opposed to going for more, but at this point, committing to 2028, um, which is Ooh, really exciting. I don't, I don't want to start this beef on the podcast, but you should try to compete with Chloe. And go I, for, I knew you were going to bring that. <laughs> you should try to compete with Chloe and go for more Olympics than Chloe. Uh, okay, I can do that. Ooh, I'll, said, I'll, I'll start the podcast feud. Okay, I'll cool. Fire. Right, um, cool. shoot, I don't want to make enemies, though. Um, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are always, like, super friendly in the cafeteria. Yeah, I mean... In the cafeteria. You guys are, like, super friends in the cafeteria. Yeah, always, yeah it was funny. He likes mac and cheese. You like mac and cheese. It's all good. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't get on that road. First okay. time you met her, you didn't know who she was. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, that's not where I was going, but I'm not very good with cycling names. I'm getting better, but... Kristen's the same way. Um, Continue uh what was the next question you asked so the next uh, question was essentially um oh, what's how your advice yeah. okay um my yeah it's hard it's it, like it's an intimidating world of like where do you even start i would say um trying to find I don't know. I, I think it's just... Yeah, help me with this one. There's a bunch of uh, good information on the Team USA website. Yeah. Uh, to, like, finding either local clubs, uh, like, uh, talent ID camps, just places where you can, I don't know, yeah, just get into a group of either local people who uh, are kind of in the same boat or uh, just there's, there's pipelines out there you can find on the Team USA website. I would also point out, like, I, I'm sure I was, like, the first of my kind walking into the bike shop in Portland, Maine, where I got my first modified bike, and just kind of explained my situation a little bit, and they, like, greeted me with open arms. We're so yeah. excited to, like, help troubleshoot this bike build for me, and, like, just reaching out and asking for help, even if you don't know if that's the right source, like they could point in the right direction, um, is huge. And then Challenge Athletes Foundation is also a huge place to start. Yeah, that's a good um, one. They offer grants for um, Challenge Athletes and also do, yeah. yeah. The equipment can be expensive, and so they're there to help people who need to get, you know, uh, a racing wheelchair or if they're into wheelchair basketball or what, whatever the equipment may be. Jeez, like, I didn't even think really of that. Good uh um, association yeah i didn't even think of that like a mm -hmm. bike is already fucking expensive yeah i'm asking like, trying to get a modified one yeah, yeah it's not like something yeah. you just walk in and go buy um, yeah the splitter on my bike is like some part 
500 bucks from Jeez. and it only comes from korea so we like wait forever for it to arrive and yeah it's frustrating i'm trying not to break that one all right <laughs> well noah for yeah. you i i think you wear a thousand hats i think it's really cool kind of inspiring what you do at such a young age where do you see yourself in 10 years uh i once i'm done racing bikes I'll, I'll i'll ride bikes my entire life like it's what i love at some point i'd like to be on the sidelines of an olympics as a coach yeah you know, like that's like, whatever i do i want to be the best i can and reach the highest level i can and so it's at some point in my life i would like to be there yeah that's and that's super cool super simple obvious answer i mean in the sense of I just want to be the highest, obviously go to the Olympics. We'll go to the Olympics in cycling and be an Olympic level coach. No, so that's, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's, that's super cool. And guys, thank you again so much for jumping on the podcast. And if you guys want to check out Clara and Noah's social media, it's going to be down in the link in the description below. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you leave us a lovely review. If you have something bad to say, please don't leave it at all. Um, <laughs> other than that, Thank you guys. And yeah, thank well, you, John. Good to We're see glad you. Glad to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Fun. man.